Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today is Tuesday, November 3rd. Today is election day, so if you haven't already gone out and vote, last day to vote. Uh, big election, guys. A lot of things going on. I'm going to tune into that later today. Um, what we're going to talk about here today is uh, the Galaxy win. Uh, don't have any news as of yet on LAFC if they're going to play tomorrow's game. They've been having like a COVID outbreak. Uh, with three other players, and I think it's up to the league. So if any of the news uh, comes in while this recording right now, um, I'm recording close to 10, 10 a.m. Uh, West Coast time. So if any if any of that news comes here within the next couple of minutes, I'll be sure to talk about that. But I just want to talk about the, obviously, like the LA Galaxy win. They won 2-1 over Real Salt Lake. Uh, very, very exciting win. Uh, very different LA Galaxy that we saw um, play there. Just, just They just had so much... Um, energy they came out they attacked uh from from the from from the start of the game they were very aggressive and i think that's the type of uh, style that dom likes to uh, play you know just with all that energy and i just kind of want to look at look into the lineup um he started at Bingham, David Bingham, at goalkeeper, which I thought that was uh, surprising. But talking with some of the media people, uh, they said that he has a great relationship uh, with David Bingham. Him and Dom have a great relationship. So I get, after thinking about that, uh, I guess it wasn't that surprising. I just thought Jonathan Klinsman had looked better than um, Bingham, but he got the start. He played. Uh, he played pretty good. He he didn't have any mistakes that we're accustomed to seeing. Uh, and in the back line, you had Julian Araujo on the right. People Gonzalez on the right as a center back, Daniel Stairs on the on left side as center back, and then in two on the left hand side. At that to me, People Gonzalez played a great game. Um, he's used to they used to have they have him um, Guillermo I should say has him typically on the left hand side uh, as that center back role, but this time it looked like he was uh, he looked a lot better. He played, he scored a goal, and then after the game they asked him about that. Uh, uh, about playing on the right-hand side, uh, and people Gonzalez said, I'm just going to paraphrase here, that Dom came up to him and he's seen him enough in practice that he wanted to play him on the right-hand side. Um, and I, I thought it was interesting because the last few games, and we have not seen so much of people Gonzalez, and people Gonzalez had a great game. He scored a goal. He saved a goal. And I think playing him on the right-hand side because he's a right-footed player makes a lot more sense. And I think we're starting to see little things that potentially Dom has been seeing all year. Maybe now you're seeing emphasize those things and just a little change. We see we've seen a different uh, people Gonzalez. Um, I know he played against LAFC. I know some of the media people there thought he played a great game, but he ended up getting a red card and looks like he definitely bounced back. Uh, with two games in the season, we'll see how he finishes out the season because he's going to play a lot of paid a lot of money this year, and he hasn't really showed up until this game against RSL. So in the midfield, you also had uh, Perry Kitchen, you had Yona Gonzalez, you had Jonah, Jonathan Dos Santos, Sebastian Legette, and then uh, and then obviously Pavon on the left hand side, and then you had Zubak, Ethan Zubak, a uh, uh, lone striker. So they still went with the lone striker up top. Um, 
which, which I thought that was interesting. I guess uh, no, not too much changes there because uh, obviously you didn't have you don't have Chicharito there. Um, but I did like that he put Yona Gonzalez back on the right hand side um, because that's uh, that's his natural position. That's what we've seen of him in the highlights. And I think out of necessity, when Guillermo was there, he was trying to play Yona Gonzalez up top because he didn't have Chicharito. Maybe he didn't have the trust in Ethan Zubak. But I think we saw how Yona Gonzalez played. He looked very comfortable there, though towards the end of the game, he did he did start to run run out of gas. Um, so like I said, people Gonzalez scored the goal in the 18, then he saved one. And then Christian Pavone uh, scored in the, in the second half. It was an amazing goal in the 65th minute. Just from the ha- from half half of the field all the way down, you see how really you see his individual strengths and how he's able to just take on defenders. And that's the thing if the LA Galaxy don't have him here next season, that's obviously one of the things that they're going to miss. Just his individual talent, but you just see a player that's so hardworking that wants to be here. The best Sebastian Legette said that after the press conference that he's a player that wants to stay here. Now it just comes to the to the money issue, right? Whether uh, LA Galaxy and Boca can come to terms on a certain agreement, but nevertheless, this is this to me. He's he's been the best player of LA Galaxy throughout their up and down season. Um, you know, just, just just always being there. And people don't. There's nothing bad to say about this player that's always working hard and always, is always showing up. And I, I do want to also get into some of the some of the player quotes uh, after the game. Um, this these were uh, from this is from Sebastian Lange on Dom's coaching style. I think that's one of his strengths. Uh, he does the, he does do the basics well and simplifies things for players and just and just and just players where they probably should be. And not to say that Guillermo didn't. He has a way of doing things respectfully. I think today Dom just simplified it, and even yesterday in training, it was just very clear what we needed to do as a group and just put guys in the right spots. And I think in the first half we had a good run. I think we got I got a little tired at the end of the second half, but we responded and stuck together. Yeah, I mean that that just goes without saying. I don't I don't I almost, almost kind of wonder if Guillermo when he was there, he kind of expected players to already know their roles and not potentially educate uh coach them or you know, and I also know there's like a language barrier and sometimes things weren't as clear. I think trying to uh, us trying to understand them as media, I can only imagine in in training or in practice if you know he him trying to get his message out there and players aren't understanding what he's saying or where there should be. Obviously, you know, you they've had two years with them, but I think that might have – that also could be uh, of uh, not being able to communicate properly is part, could have been one of the issues. But I think the way Dom just simplified it to them and put them in the right spots, and like I said, people Gonzalez putting him on the right side of, as a center back and all those different things, you start to see those things. Obviously, it's one win, so they got to win out these next few games uh, moving forward. But I also want to get into another uh, quote here. This is um, uh, from Dominic Camille after the game. First and foremost, really happy. I got a message from Bob Bradley, right? And he said, I'm right there with you, buddy. Uh, and laughs. He's like, I'm really happy for the win. Really happy for the guys. It keeps the playoffs hope alive. I thought the, 40, the first 45 minutes were very good. Created some very good chances. Kept our shape really well. Limited their looks, obviously. In the second half, we're a little, a little bit sloppy with the ball. Some bad areas getting caught forward at times when we, sh- when we should be a little bit more alert when the ball is turning over, especially on the goal for them. Yeah, it looked like for me on the second half, uh, going into the, uh, they almost could have lost this game. I think I believe in the, it was in the 78th minute. 
Douglas Martinez for Arso scores that goal. And I was like, man, there's 12 minutes left in the game plus at uh, stoppage time. So anything, th- anything can happen, but they ended up, they ended up, uh, holding on to the lead playing really well towards the end. But I think that's, I think them being so aggressive in the beginning and I used to playing that aggressive kind of tired of them out and then just finish your Dom's quote. He said, then you have to give credit. Uh, you have to give Salt Lake credit. They were throwing a lot of numbers forward. We, we looked a little tired. I'll be honest with you on that. They were kind of hang, hanging on a little there at the end. So so first 45, I give complete thumbs up to everything we spoke about. And the second 45, I just give them a thumbs up for the absolute heart and courage. <clears throat> so congratulations congratulations to them. Um, so yeah, so I think I think a lot of the players, uh, Yanni Gonzalez came out. He was tired. Sebastian Legette came out. Jonathan Dos Santos also uh, came out due to injury, which that did not look good. It's a, a left hand, uh, left half strain. Um, I, it seems like Jonathan Dos Santos, he's always getting injured, you know, and, and it's unfortunate because it's a play. He, he, in this game, he showed up in this game. He was making passes. Uh, he was, he was showing up. He was putting the players in the right spot with his passing. And it's a shame that he, he had to be subbed out and, you know, we're going to find out more how serious his, his injury either today or tomorrow how much will be out. I mean, there's two, there's two games left. There's this game on Wednesday against uh, Seattle, and then they could play Sunday against Vancouver away. So I don't know if he'll, he'll be back for the team or what's going to happen with them, but th- he's a player that they're definitely going to need uh, if they're going to make that last playoff run. Um, but yeah, then I think also Ethan Zubak, he was really tired up top. So I think the depth of the players up top is, it's really hard to see, you know, who's who's going to be obviously without Chicharito, without having another forward. Um, it's hard. It's hard to sub out Ethan Zubak. Um, obviously, you still have more. You could put Kai Kariniak, um, Cameron Dunbar, but we didn't see that uh, from Dominic Kamir. We just saw that, you know, Ethan Zubak, even though he was tired, he really, really got to, uh, you know, finish out the game and do a lot of great things. Uh, so I also want to get a couple um a couple other player quotes here. Um, yeah, even Dominic Kamir adds, he's like, as far as Jonathan, Jonathan goes, I can't tell you. Pretty much gone from Phil into the coach's office straight into the pre- press conference, so I couldn't give you any information on that. Yeah, so we're we're still waiting uh, on the teams, um, on the teams to, to say that. And then I just want to add another quote here from Sebastian Legit. Uh, he's like, obviously, uh, this is on the team's mentality and Guillermo uh, getting let go. Obviously, it was a sad day. It's never easy seeing one of your coaches or the coaching staff ha- having to let being let go. And obviously, as as a player, you feel you feel like you played a part in that, and you feel like you let them down. But I guess a change was necessary. I understand what happened. I thought Tom, Dom took the group really well. He's only had two days to make make some changes and incorporate his style of play, which isn't a very long time. But I think just hope. Uh, two games left if we win all two if things go away we could be in and what more do you want as a player so that, i mean exactly they they only not not only do they need to win these last two games but a lot of things need to go need to go their way a lot of the teams need uh essentially to lose tie uh, not get any points stay where they're at um and i mean that's uh, that's a lot to ask. Uh, it, it really is, but I mean, any, anything's, uh, anything's possible, right? To quote, uh, Kevin Garnett. So right now the LA galaxy sit at 10th place with 21 points. Uh, I know they're going off points per game. So right now LA galaxy have 1.05, 
Vancouver Whitecaps have 1.09. Uh, in eighth place, you have San Jose Earthquakes with 1.29. Colorado Rapids uh, with 1.38. And Colorado Rapids, <laughs> they ended up beating uh, Seattle last game. So if they make the playoffs with playing less games and all that, I know so some, some many people are going to be livid. They're going to be upset. Uh, but, I mean, that's just the way it goes. I mean, 2020 has been a crazy year. And then I just want to go up to sixth place. You have uh, FC Dallas with 31 points at 1.55. You have LAFC at fifth place with uh, 31 points at 1.55 as well. In fourth place, you got Minnesota FC with 30 points with 1.58 points per game. And then third place, Seattle with 1.75. Sporting Kansas City with 1.8. And then number one in the Western Conference, you got Portland Timbers with 1.81. So it is tight. It, it, it's it, it's hopeful. We'll see. We'll see what these last games, uh, what these last few games have in store. Obviously, LA Galaxy, big game tomorrow. Things that you know, we'll see. I think we'll see a similar lineup except without Jonathan Dos Santos, and we'll see who's going to step up for him. Is it going to be Sasha Klusman starting? Joe Corona? Efrain Alvarez, um, you know, because he he looked when he came off the field, he was he was very disappointed. He was he was very frustrated. Um, you know, he he hobbled all off to the to the locker room, and typically you only see that when it's a pretty severe in, injury or a player, um, you know, a player just has just had a, a an injury that he just can't keep going. But I, I was also surprised that they didn't bring out the cart for him. They just let him hop along all the way to the locker room, which is about. I'd say like about a hundred yard walk that he was hopping, hopping along there. So we'll we'll see what happens with him. Um, but also, do want to get into the the coaching uh, rumors uh, for the LA Galaxy. And to me, well, some of the who are going to be some of the front one runners. Um, so uh, yesterday on Twitter, uh, ESPN uh, reported, and I ended up tuning this out. But ESPN reported that from Joey, what's his name, James Ollie. He had reported that, reported that the LA Galaxy had reached out to former striker Robbie King about the head coaching opportunity. Obviously, it's known that Robbie King is very interested in the opportunity to come back to coach his former club, but sources at the LA Galaxy continue to deny any interest. So this does not mean that he has a head coaching job. This just means that they've reached out to him, that they're potentially interested in him. So it doesn't mean like he's going to be the coach. And I know a lot of people, whether I tweet something out or I say something or someone tweets something out, they're like, oh, we don't want this guy as a coach. I think obviously you have to have a list of candidates. And if you're not reaching out, if you're the LA Galaxy, right, you're the club and you're not reaching out to all the potential candidates that you can see coming to coach this team, because this is a, the next coaching person, the next head coach that comes coaches the LA Galaxy has to get it right because these last four years has been a rebuilding year and you're in rebuilding year again, right? So obviously that's that was reported from ESPN. So we'll see how much that is true. I know uh, Dennis DeClose had mentioned that it was not true, but this but this looks to me that this is coming from Robbie Robbie King's camp that he had been reached out by the other Galaxy. Um, but another person that I think should be obviously a front runner is Dominic Kinnear. Uh, if he's interested, I don't know how interested he is in coaching this team because he was passed up this last this last time before Guillermo got there. So now he's in a similar situation. Obviously, we have to see what happens within these last two games, uh, how much effort, 
how much uh, fight the team really has under his, you know, tenure here, second time around with these last three games, say they make it to the playoffs. Obviously, his stock starts to go up. You know, you start if you start to see, if Dennis DeClose starts to see that uh, these players do respond a lot better to Dominic Mir, it would be almost kind of hard not to really consider him. And now that Dennis has been there and has kind of built a relationship with Dominic, I think he will have... Uh, a serious uh, if if Don wants it is a serious look at being a head coach for the LA Galaxy. So yesterday, also Javier Aguirre, who's formerly Mexican national head coach, he was on uh, Sirius XM FC, and he 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 said I tweeted this out as well. He said that he said I have two MLS teams that have contacted me direct. So he has been linked to the LA Galaxy. So I'm assuming out of one of those two teams is the LA Galaxy. So I'm surprised that he would go on. I don't know if this call was already or this interview was already scheduled for him to be up there. But obviously he didn't mention the teams. So I'm assuming one's the LA Galaxy and one has to be someone else. Um, and another coach that I, th- I think is going to be highly considered because of Dennis DeClose's relationship with him is Juan Carlos Osorio. He was uh, recently let go this past week as well um, by his club. I believe it's a Columbia. Give me one second. I just want to look. It's a national. Let me see. Where is it at? Yeah. Here we go. Juan Carlos Osorio has been relieved of his coaching duties at Atletico Nacional. I think he could be a, co- a top candidate just because of a relationship with the, with Dennis DeClos. Obviously, he coached the Mexican national team. He's familiar with Chicharito. He knows Jonathan Dos Santos. Um, a lot of people think when these names are being brought up uh, because they're linked with the Mexican national team, it's to appease Chicharito. And I don't think that's the case. I don't I, I don't think that's the case at all. It's if Dennis DeClos worked there and had relationships there, obviously he's going to reach out to the people that that he knows is familiar he's familiar with and also on top of that he's familiar with the players and how to coach them in the different styles so i think juan carlos osorio is going to be a top candidate and again it's not to to appease chicharito it's because that's just how business is you know you reach out to your closest contact you see someone they used to work with is now available definitely i definitely see juan carlos osorio being a top candidate for them and another one um Another one is going to be that I think it was a long, long shot was Piojo, Piojo Herrera um, because he, the Athletic reported, um, the Athletic reported that he was, he had a contract with, with under America, Club America until 2024. So I think that to me, once, once I read that, I was like that, that's, that's, that's very, very difficult for for some for the Allegaxi to not saying they can't, but they can go out and get him, buy him out of his contract, and then on top of that, pay him a salary. I was like, yeah, that's that's a lot of money. And on top of that, they still got to play, play Guillermo until next year. So I was like, I don't see that happening. And then uh, Tom Marshall with ESPN, he just tweeted out earlier today. He said Miguel Herrera telling uh, News Outland Mexico saying Marco Claro Marca Claro that he is focused on Club America and hasn't had any contact with the LA Galaxy. He's here's his quote. I've said that uh, if I, you know, if I head out anywhere, my priority will be Europe. But I don't see MLS negatively because it's growing. So uh, obviously, um, Miguel Herrera, Miguel Pio Herrera, he's obviously out of the running for the head coaching job. I know that might have been a dream. Uh, head coaching for a lot of the other galaxy fans that might have been a great option it definitely would have made a splash but i don't think that would have been a great option for the other galaxy because of the financial financial 
things that they would have hurdles that would have to go through. So as of right now, as of November third, these are who I believe the LA Galaxy will go. Will go. Will how I should say this is potentially the list of candidates. Obviously, this is no particular order. This is just the way I wrote them out. Uh, Dominic Dominic Kamnir, obviously because he's coaching the team. Javier Dergerde, uh Robbie Keane because of that report from ESPN, and Juan Carlos Osorio. So those are those are the top. Uh, I should say those are the four. I don't, I don't know how top. Those are the four head coaching coaches as of right now that I see that that the LA Galaxy have interest for. Be just because of connections, the relationships there. But it doesn't mean that another coaching uh, a coach a coach from Europe or a coach from the MLS or a coach from South America or wherever it is can't come into the running. I also I think to me it's also how soon I think this is going to take a. I think LA Galaxy want to get this right because you also have to come in and build, not just build a, a club, but also you, you want a coach that's going to stay here and build a system and incorporate the youth, right? And have LA Galaxy two players. And, you know, and like uh, Dennis DeClos said in his press conference about, you know, the type of style, what, what, what is, what is LA Galaxy style going to be moving forward? Right. What, what is it? And does the, do these four coaches emulate, what Dennis DeClose wants the LA Galaxy to play or how they want or how he wants them to play. Um, you know, I think right now you you can potentially <clears throat> Dominic Kamir has a has a really good shot just depending on, on on his relationship and being there and how the players played. But yet that was one game. But I think if we see that these next two games and somehow they make it into the playoffs, then you can potentially start to see that. And then how do you incorporate Chicharito into that mix? You know, obviously what's going to have happen with Pavone, obviously doesn't look like he's going to stay just because of the, all the hurdles that they have to go through. That's a financial thing. But I think if they can keep Pavone and if they only got to pay, I think they're obviously Boca's asking 20 million. That's insane. Um, on top of that, it's COVID. I think if you can get him from anywhere from 10 to $12 million, you pull the trigger. Anything more than that, it just makes it more difficult. And on top of that, you know, you're you're gonna have to bring in another DP player, you know, uh, for for potentially for the same amount or for less, you know. So you're 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 gonna have a DP spot potentially available open for you if Pavone doesn't stay. Jonathan Dos Santos, he got injured. Uh, you know, it doesn't look his future doesn't look as exciting as bright for the Yellow Galaxy. Um, you know, if he's injured, starts to linger again, he has, it's something serious, you know, it's just a player that's not going to be able to stay healthy. And I think, I don't know, I don't know how long, but I think he's, he still has one more contract or one more year left with the LA Galaxy after this season. So, you know, he's taken up a DP spot if he's not able to, to stay healthy and, and show up to certain games. You know, there's, there's certain games that he shows up and you're like, wow, you know, he's playing incredible. There's other games that you're like, wow, okay, where is Jonathan Dos Santos on the field? And he's played like 60, 70 minutes. He has an impact of the game. Chicharito, obviously, they're still in contract with him for two more years, $10 million, $5 million per year. You have to make that work. Um, there was a report out that, you know, they gave him an ultimatum. You know, you have one more year. Like essentially, I'm just going to paraphrase here that essentially this was reported rumor that the LA actually spoke to him, gave him an ultimatum. You have one more year with us. If not, we're going to terminate your contract. And I think it, it's you have to give a player that you owe that much money another shot, uh, you know, because you want to find out how to make that work. And the next head coach has to make that work because of all the money tied into that. But if he doesn't show up, you know, LA Galaxy is going to have to swallow up that money. And I know I don't think that's something that they want to do. But um, 
but yeah, that's uh, just uh, just a quick solo pod today. That's what I want to talk about. Just hit on uh, LA Galaxy uh, on on those news, and we'll see we'll see what happens with tomorrow's game against Seattle. It's, it's gonna be a tough game, but hey, uh, Colorado Rapids uh, beat them. So I mean, we've seen LA Galaxy be a streaky team. We've seen LA Galaxy perform when sometimes when their backs are against the wall, and their backs are definitely against the wall. So they cannot lose any game moving forward. They cannot tie. They have to get the win. They have to get the three points. In order to keep building, to still have a shot at making the playoffs. So we'll see what that happens. And as of right now, I haven't gotten any news on the LAFC. I'm going to go ahead and guess right now. I don't think that game gets played because typically we have a press call the day before the game. They have not sent an email. Let me double check my email. They have not sent an email about that. Uh, We have not sent an email about that, you know. And so it does, to me, I don't think they play. Because they have not sent an email to me uh, about like, hey, this is a press call. This is what's going to happen. Um, this is who's, who we're playing. This is who's available, blah, blah. But I don't think that happens. So, unfortunately, LAFC fans, if you're listening, I don't think that's going to that's gonna happen tomorrow. It's a shame because that game is going to affect the points per game um, for the rest of the league, for San Jose, LAFC, and it could potentially impact the LA Galaxy. So that is it, guys. That's a quick solo pod here. That's going to wrap things up, guys. Um, thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to give this a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your music. You can follow me at Joe Garcia LA on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us our social media at LA Soccer Hub as well. Uh, Instagram and Facebook. Posting a lot of the content, a lot of the breaking news over there. Uh, but, yeah, thank you guys for listening. And we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.